it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday night. We are nearly through. We are nearly through this fucking international break. And um, Liverpool will be back on Saturday morning or Saturday, just into Saturday afternoon, half 12 against Watford at Anfield. With me tonight I have Kev, I have Emma and I have Keith. We're going to talk about the dogfight for the for the relegation. Um, we're going to talk about the race for Europe, whether that's Europa or Champions League. And we're going to probably finish off talking about the title race between ourselves and Manchester City. A um, couple of things before we get going. Big shout out to the LFC women's team who had a 3-0 win today, I think it was. Um, my days are all over the place because Keith Plunker keeps bringing me out on the drink. Um, so they had a 3-0 win today. I think they only need... Two more points to secure promotion. I think it's something like that, but they play, um, I think they play the nearest team to them in the next game, which I think is Sunday the 3rd of April. Uh, Kev is muted, so, um, he's trying to talk to me, but he's muted. Um, but, um, big shout out to them. Big shout out to them because, um, in fairness, they are absolutely flying and, uh, yeah, they're, they're very, very close to promotion. So I want to talk, I want to give a shout out to them before Chris Pratt gives fucking out for the next fucking 75 minutes that we haven't done it. Um, Fela Khan is our charity partner. Go and check them out. Please, um, donate. Donations are quite slow at the moment, which is understandable. Um, you know, there's a war going on and people are donating towards, um, helping people that are affected by that. But if you, if you can donate, please do so. At, um, the link is in the description, as I said to the show, whether you're watching or listening later on, it's all there and you can donate or, just share amongst your friends, family, whatever, colleagues, and then um, we'll try to get to that 10k. And um, yeah, that's about it, Keith. Um, we need to stop going on the drink because me and you are in rag order now for two weeks in a row here. I'm in a heap, yeah, I'm in a heap. Um, it's tough. Uh, I was only saying to the lads there of 
being blade and boxing with the toilet for the, the last 10 hours. I've only been introduced to Guinness as an Irish man. It's sacrilegious, but it's two weekends in a row now on Guinness. And I think I'm giving her up forever. I think hey. I'm, I'm quitting the drink. Yeah, no, I'm want. off the drink forever. No, you want because you come out with me the next time you go, oh, go, right, go on then. And uh, then you'll just end up back on the train. Um, yeah. Kev needs to hit some sort of button because it says here, guest has muted himself. So you might need to do something there, Kev. Check your mic that it hasn't come out or something along them lines because you are muted at the moment. Um, I'll try sort it out for you though. Um, Emma, how are you? Good. Yeah, I'm actually still struggling a little bit from a night out on Friday. So I feel in your pain, oh, Keith. Yeah. Still yeah. struggling for Friday, from Friday. Well, you have well, a this cure. will make it all better. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a cure. That's absolutely, absolutely fine. Kev, the best thing to do is drop out and come back in, brother, um, because it's still showing you as muted, and I don't want to ask you questions, and then we can't hear what you're saying. Um, but, yeah, we had a good weekend. Um, me, Keith, and two exceptionally good-looking Lawson's went for a drink yesterday. Yeah. Um, and then we... We had a whole pub nearly appalled at us at the fact that we are singing some songs. And they were playing in the pub. We weren't we weren't just yeah. starting up for the crack. And they were playing in the pub. And um, you know, it it was like we were having a lovely time. And Kev's all right now, he's back. Um yeah. we were having a lovely time and these songs were playing after the Ireland game. We were having a sing song. We were singing all the songs. All the songs. A, a pub were disgusted with us. So we left that pub and walked a mile to where we were going next yeah. and sang all the way there. It was lovely. We had a great time. So, um, as you say, the Pope was playing these songs. We were joining in with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we they talk. probably didn't appreciate joining our inners. Yeah. They just wanted a casual, the respectable a end listenership of Dublin. Rather than a listenership that. more so than a, a taking over ship. And now this was like at six o'clock. We only got into the place at five. Yeah. Six <laughs> o'clock, we're nearly bleeding on the table, singing and dancing. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. I can sort of see where you are coming from a bit, but look, well, it is what it is. But um, it is what it is. But we had a lovely sing song. And then we found the pub later on that was having a, an impromptu trad session, wasn't it? Yeah. Where yeah. Um, we got involved in everything going on. It was lovely, lovely, lovely. In between, we went to the Anfield Rap Kick um, in the Sugar Club as well and that was great as well and Excellent. literally I'd say the people in this pub across the road from the venue were having a lovely evening until the gig <laughs> finished and then about 60 of us piled into this pub and the guy behind the bar Brian who I know a long time um, was just looking going oh for fuck's sake you know what I mean like it was just <laughs> drinks after drinks he was off, ran off his feet but we had a lovely lovely time um, so that's how our weekend went uh, Emmett is struggling Kev seems fine uh, Keith is Swearing he's off the Guinness, but that's not true. And um, off everything. And the next the time he's back yeah. on it, it'll probably be me with him. That's on it again. Yeah. So that's how it goes. Fact. So tonight's show, because it is an international break, um, there's no football to talk about or live football to talk about. So I wanted to put these lads on the spot a little bit <laughs> and talk about the, the relegation stuff, the race for Europe, the, the title race and stuff like that, and just see where we feel where we are because. We always thought we always knew April was going to be a big month. There's loads of fixtures in it. I think Liverpool play every three days in April, um, for the vast majority of it, and it's going to define the season. Not only the fact that we play in three competitions during April, but we face Man City in the league. We face Man City in an FA Cup semi final, and we could possibly end the month. I think we end the month. We could end the month known if we were playing Villarreal or Bayern Munich. But I want to start off with a couple of players. And the one, the first one I'll start off with is Mo Salah. Now, I don't like talking about Mo Salah's contract situation. I'm not a big fan of it because, to me, despite all you can really see is agents throwing out stuff and 
you know, it, it was actually ridiculous a couple of we- couple of weeks back or whatever it was. But something came across, yes, I think it might have been yesterday. And as I said, I was out with the lads, so it kind of passed me by. But little rumours going around that Mo Salah is ready to sign a contract with Liverpool. And he's, you know, he's not, whatever Liverpool have offered, he's willing to, to look at it now rather than just point blank refuse it. Kev, I'll come to you first. Um, is there anything in this or is it just something that's thrown out there? Because I did see one tweet and it was like various sources. And I was like, well, who are the various sources? Name them. Or, or, or I don't believe it, you know, or it didn't happen, sort of thing, Kev. Yeah, I think journalists as well as podcasters are in this uh, mix at the minute this week because there's not an awful lot going on. Um, I don't know when it comes to Mo because the market for where he can move to is very, very slim. There's not many clubs out there that can offer him <coughs> the type of money that he th- he's, he's, he believes he's worth. Let's put it that way. You're probably talking three clubs. And of the three clubs, does he really want to go to PSG and just knock out French League after French League for the rest of his career, pick up a paycheck? Doubt it. Madrid, yeah, possibly. They're going to lose an awful lot of money off their wage bill this summer. Whether they'd be able to stump up the transfer fee that Liverpool would command for him, I don't know. Not if they want to do Mbappe in this summer as well. And there was a rumour going around that maybe Barcelona could do something with the new investment that they've got coming in. Now, even then, I can't see that happening. So it might be a case that Mo's agent was saying, uh, you know, just throwing out bits and bobs, making himself look like an Egypt, to be honest. But the waters, he they might have tested the waters to see how the fans would react. And I think they might have been surprised by the reaction of the fan base that, yeah, Mo you're, is a great player. He's an absolute world of a player. But no one is bigger than the club. And if push comes to shove come the summer and a decision needs to be made, we'll find another Mo Salah. You know, we'll find someone else to fill that slot and score goals. It won't be easy, but it's doable. And I don't think the club are going to be held hostage by him. And I think they might have realised that what's being offered, in a footballing sense, makes the most sense for his career. He's got to be competing on all fronts. He's got to be in Europe, Champions League, in the last day, more often than not. And status-wise, there's not many clubs bigger than Liverpool in world football at the moment. So it's a no-brainer for me. But we'll see. I, I just think it's, a lot of it is down to what the agent is trying to put out there. And this second-guessing stuff, you know, this stuff willy wanty. It's, I think people are wearing very thin of it and people have kind of wised up to agents playing clubs off, off the fans and they're not buying it anymore. The, I think you're right. I, I genuinely do. And I think <clears> the first <throat> thing you said when I asked you that question was, you know, um, it's international break and there's not, not a lot an awful lot going on. I think that might be the key thing. Um, uh, the natural progression in this discussion, regardless of, you know, hard discussions on Mo Salah's contract is, you know, Juve want them, right? Juve are looking to do a deal. Barca are looking to do a deal. PSG are looking to do a deal. Could could someone else do a deal? Real Madrid, whoever it might be. And the natural progression in this then is to turn around and go, oh, we, uh, he actually might, he, it actually looks like he's going to sign a deal. 
So it just absolutely turns everything on its head again and off we go on Monday morning and we have another week of this shit, to be perfectly honest with you. But for you, when you look at it and you see it coming out and you see various sources, none of them being named by the looks of it, is it just something where you go, listen, this is just more guessing games and it's it's something you should just kind of disregard? I, I only saw it from one. I think it was Football Insider was credited with the, the actual quote itself. So I don't know how dependable they are. I think something that Kev said there that how much Mo wants, I'm not even 100% sure whether it's Mo that's driving the figure. I think it's his, can I say, dickhead of, a, of a, an agent. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> I'd say that um, I think it's him that's actually pushing it. And maybe, I don't know, maybe... I agree with Kev. It's, there's not many places that you can go. The one that you named, PSG, is probably the one place that we now can probably afford him. But he just needs to look at Gini Wijnaldum going there last year. Does he really want to become the next Gini or the next Hazard or the next Coutinho? I don't think so. So I, I think it, it might be Salah himself is, I don't know, maybe gonna, maybe he's ready to get rid of his agent. <laughs> maybe maybe he's going to leak and stuff. Maybe If I'm a senior player, and I think I said this in the Telegram, if I'm a senior player... I'm sitting them down, I'm having a conversation and I'm telling them I'm pointing towards all of these failed transfers. We did the, the top 30 transfers in here before, 20 misses, 7 hits and 3 undecided. Um, for me, and like what Kev said as well online, I was actually, sh- I won't say shocked at the, the response. I did expect to see a lot more people saying just pay them the money, just pay them the money, but it was n- nearly 90% saying nobody is bigger than the club. Um, I don't think anybody will deny that he's <coughs> he he does deserve more money, but not the four fifty five hundred base that's being kind of bandied about. He's on two hundred at the moment. Verge is on two twenty. If it was me, I I would be saying maybe three three twenty five three fifty with add-ons on top of that. So I think he gets around about three fifty to four hundred anyway with performance-based add-ons. So if he were to pump that up to three hundred base. And then say 450 to 500 with add ons. I don't think anybody would turn their nose up at that, but I yeah. think it's the actual base figure that he's actually looking for. Well, and again, I don't even, I, I don't even think it's, it's Mao that's actually looking for it. It's, it's obviously being pushed by his agents. Yeah. Like, look, it's hard to agree with anything or hard to disagree with anything you've said there. And Keith, like, we have to take most, a lot of this stuff for a pinch of salt. You know, like, I've no doubt. Well, I'd be very surprised if we see any more cryptic tweets from Mohamed Salah's agent in the next, in the upcoming three months or whatever it might be, because I think this will be sorted in the next three months, one way or the other. And I don't think you'll see much more cryptic stuff coming out, because in my opinion, and it's only my opinion, Mo Salah will be looking at that and going, what are you doing? You know, I'm like, I agree with Emma, you know. His agent is, is is doing this deal, and that's what he's there to do. He's there to advise, and he's there to get the best deal for his for his client. That's absolutely fine. But there's ways of going around it, and he doesn't even have to get rid of the agent, Keith. He can just turn and go. Listen, you're my agent. You advise me, and you make sure that the contract put in front of me is worth something I'm happy with. It doesn't matter if you're happy with it or not. Once I'm happy with it, you're my agent, and you get paid accordingly. But. Oh. Keith, I'm, I don't know where, where you fall on this, but I, I just think it's it's just something, someone's thrown out another, you know, casting the rod again, casting the line again, and seeing what they can come up with, because something has to fill column inches over the next five, six days. Well, probably four days until you actually start getting into press conferences around Wofford 
Is that what it is for you? Or do you think maybe Mo has seen what's going on? Like Kev said, fan reaction and went, yeah, they're probably right. Do you know what? Let's meet somewhere in the middle and everyone's happy. Yeah, um, you're right. It's international break. It's always around times like this that we see the act and the maggot. And when you sit back and look at it, you know, we, we've done shows. We've said, you know, oh, the agent, the agent, the agent. Look, you've said it there. That's his job is to get the best deal for his client. And, you know, they deal with boy hook up with crook. And we've compared, you know, when Phil Coutinho was leaving, when... Um, Raheem Sterling left and your man AD Ward start doing all sorts of carry on. Salah's agent isn't even doing any of that. And when you listen to what Salah is saying, Salah is saying he's happy at Liverpool and he wants to stay at Liverpool, but it's not his decision. He's not saying that that's uh, too, I suppose, untoward in the situation. Mm. But it's his agent's, agent it's his agent's job to out. get the best deal. But it's also his agent's job to uphold Mo Salah's reputation. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm that that's what I'm sort of getting to now, Gav. It's it's very it's all done reactionary stuff on Twitter. Do you know what I mean? Like Jurgen Klopp says something and he's on with the laugh, the laughy faces. There was the other one when the club came out, someone leaked that the club have offered him a good contract and he puts a picture up of him and Osala laughing at a table like a, a negotiation sort of thing. It's very childish the way this fella seems to act. And then he goes through the likes of Romano, who he knows you, you lap up all the little the little shits and lap up everything Romano says. And we've been critical of him loads of times in the past, but there is obviously a connection there with the agent because we've seen, you know, uh, we've seen chats between them. Do you know what I mean? Online. So there is, a, there is a connection there. So we can take it when it's coming through Romano that he is getting fed this. I just think the agent is acting, and he's not an agent even, isn't he? You know, he's a lawyer. He's, he's, an he's advisor, just like yeah. an advisor. Um, I don't know if he has other other clients or whatever, but um, yeah, it's just it seems weird. He seems to go about it in a, a, a petulant way. And look, I know Jurgen Klopp comes out and says, you know, the club have done all they can. They've offered Mo a great contract. Um, it's really up to Mo. A lot of that stuff, maybe maybe Klopp shouldn't be going to the media and saying it, but that's all part of the game as well. You know what I mean? And it's. It's just the way it goes. Klopp done it. He didn't do anything, in my opinion, snidey or underhandy. He firmly put the ball in their court. We just came out and said it, a comment. Uh, we said it on here before. It may have been set up. It may have been that he was told a reporter, ask about the contract, and I'm going to lob this back at you. But the way a man reacts and the way he acts, it's it's just childish. And I'm just hoping, as you say, in the next three months, it gets sorted out one way or the other. And you know what? I want Mo Salah to stay, right? I do not want to break the bank to keep Mo Salah because I don't think it's healthy for the club in going forward. I think it's very, very silly and there's a, an absolute track record of this going tits up. So I don't want Liverpool to fall into that trap. But if he goes, if worst case scenario, Mo Salah leaves Liverpool, if he does it in a way that it's not dragging his name through the mud, you just wish him the best and you send him off. You know what I mean? He's done everything he can do for us. He, he can't really do much more than what he's given us over the years from day one. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's been absolute 100%. If he wants a new challenge and he wants to move on, that's fair enough. But go about it the right way. Do you know what I mean? Don't go through this absolute gutter show that you tend to do and drag the name and ruin the the um the standing that he has among the fans and i hope it doesn't go down that route um i think salah would he's very humble but he's clued in as well do you know what i mean and and he won't want his reputation 
to be going down um, in the gutter because he's an icon, not just for Liverpool fans, he's an icon of the Arab world. Do you know what I mean? Like, this fella is huge. He's, he's just not just a normal footballer. So his reputation does mean a lot to him and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think... I think if he ends up leaving Liverpool, I think it's going to be hard to get out to get out with and his, his reputation um, completely intact. I think it's going to be difficult just the way things have gone. I think I also think that in the next twenty four to forty eight hours, off the back of some quotes and or, or tweets that you're seeing, um, and I don't know how like like Emmett says, I don't know how reliable they are, but if you start seeing, if, if, if you see yeah. if you see you may see certain Twitter accounts. Um, Returning that volley, I suppose, with Mo Salah um, still remains um, unwilling to sign a contract to Liverpool um, with the way the current deal is. Basically doubling down on what was said, whatever, 10 days ago. That's where you, what you, yeah. you should watch out for in the next 48 hours. But the, the next four days, it's going to be more serious. He's got the qualifier coming up against Senegal. They're 1-0 up in that. And I think that's Tuesday night. Yeah. And come back to the club then after that. Mm-hmm. So someone's coming back with a sore puss up on him after yeah. that result, no matter what. So, and we've already it, had to deal with that after the Afcon when yeah. you know Salah comes back and let's be honest, hasn't performed since coming back no, from there. Yeah, let's look. It, it's something that we we don't know how concrete those comments are, um, or or that inf- or how you know concrete that information is so we'll have to we'll, again we're just going to have to wait and see and it's probably a good time again on this channel to put a pin in Mo Salah's contract stuff and when anything absolutely actually happens we'll come back and talk about it there'll be loads of channels out there that'll fucking do four shows a day on Mo Salah and fair fucks to them but I, I just could not be asked um one more though Divock Origi um you know Will he stay? Will he not stay? You know, he's been linked away with Liverpool last summer, January. He was injured and people going, he might still go. He didn't. Um, he's out of contract in the summer. Liverpool can, um, if it's agreed with the player, can extend for one year. Um, we don't think that's going to happen. There is a rumour going around that it will happen um, in order to get some sort of fee from a possible buyer. Both Milan clubs are being linked, but AC Milan being the much stronger link over the last couple of days. And Emma, I'll come to you first. Um, it do, we've said for the last little while it looks like it's time for Diva Carigi to leave Liverpool, but he comes up with that big game and get goal against Wolves. He he just gets big goals, doesn't he? Um, but now when you when you look at when you look at Salah. Mane, Firmino, Jota, Diaz, possibly Carvalho coming in, and maybe he can play in a front position, maybe it's a midfield thing. But even Minamino looking ahead of Origi, now really does look like the time, doesn't it, come to summer that Divock Origi departs Liverpool and goes and tries to get proper, regular football somewhere. I, I honestly thought he should have left after the Champions League final. 100%. Um, and not, not, not for a fee or anything. He owes us absolutely nothing. Mm. But he owes himself a little bit of a career elsewhere. It's just what I feel. It's just that he's, he's robbed himself of nearly three years now where he's just happy. You know, I know we've, we've spoken on this show before about he's, he just looks like he's happy just to sit on the bench, come on, do his few minutes. And not, I'm not necessarily going to say he's a Pogba type where he's just happy to collect his money. But he just has... He just has he's, if he was any more laid back, he'd be horizontal. Like It's just... But I just think now is the time. It's, it is beginning to, I feel, maybe tarnish what he's done. He'll always be a club legend. I love him. 
but and I've been I've had this conversation several times and what about this goal and what about that goal? But like there's no forgetting that. But at this stage now, I just think he owes it to himself to move on. And I think if he goes to AC Milan, he'll he'll tear it up over in Italy. Absolutely tear it up. Tammy Abraham's tearing it up for Roma. There's no reason why Origi can't go over there and do it for AC Milan. It'd be it'd be interesting to see if he does go to Milan because we like you said, if he's any more laid back, he'd be horizontal and, and, and that's not that's not just you reading that. You know, if you listen to James <laughs> Milner talk about him, if you listen yeah. to several players at the club talk about Diva Grieg, like he's so fucking laid back. He scores that goal in the Champions League final and runs off as if he's done it at Melwood. You know, like on on a Thursday afternoon. Um, last kick before they head in, have a shower and go out for something to eat. That's what he looked like. You know, um, he scores the winner against Everton where it comes off the bar and he tries to get the ball out of the net and bring it back to the halfway line. You know, <laughs> and the only thing I can think of is he thinks genuinely Liverpool are 1-0 down at the time. And like, get it back to the halfway line, we might get a second. And just out of interest, I'd like to see him go somewhere just to see what he'd be like because... There is a thing where, you know, he goes along and Klopp talks about him all the time and says he's unbelievable in training. He's so good at training. He never gives an ounce of trouble. He's really good. He just can't get him in the team. Um, and I'd just love to see him go and, and say Milan to say to him, right, you're our number nine. You're our number nine. They're going to play every week. And just see what you can get out of Diva Gris because has he fallen into something where he's just that relaxed that he just knows where he is in the squad? Or is that just him overall? And I just actually, I'd actually love to see it, Keith. You know, there's all the goals, there's all the the moments, there's you know, there's so many of them. In fairness to him, for a guy that, you know, I felt so sorry for when he when he gets injured, him Funes Mori injures him, and he's in the best form of his life at Liverpool, and he's out for months, and he never kind of comes back the same player. Or the, the team seems to evolve a lot in that time while he's out, and you know, he does, he he has their moments, and he comes on. He, not that he doesn't let you down because sometimes you come on the pitch and he's been horrendous let's call a spade a spade but you look right now Keaton you, you kind of have to go listen the time is up because this forward line is evolving even if you throw the Salah situation into it it's it's an evolution of the forward line happening right in front of your eyes here and Divock Origi looks to be he's not even the odd man he's, he's way down the list at this stage yeah and look Divock I think Emma Troy there we his stock was never as high as the Champions League final goal because he'd had that six months, you know, where he was everything was working from. But it's just his personality, isn't it? And you know, the, his style of play, with him being so languid and so laid back, it doesn't suit. You know, we want to play quick, high tempo. It doesn't suit it. There's games when it has. I mean, Barcelona. There's, there's games when he's he's been excellent, but overall, his style. Probably just doesn't suit what we're doing, you know. If you want that big man option, you'd rather have someone maybe a bit more physical. Do you know what I mean? Like than than Divock is. He, he's quick. He's he has all the tools to score plenty in Italy. And I think if he does go to AC Milan, it's a good meal from Laura saying it there. He's only twenty six still. Do you know what I mean? He's nearly twenty seven. He's a young man. He leaves Liverpool with a, a good reputation. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's got big goals, he's got Champions League final goals. He'll go there and he'll be he'll be wanted. And it's up to him then to play and to put in that effort and the performance. We know Italy isn't like the Premier League. We know in Italy you could probably be a little bit more I, I wouldn't say lazy. I don't think he's lazy, I just think it's his uh his style. Um he could probably get away with it a bit more over in Italy, if I'm being honest. But uh 
Yeah, I think you see the thing getting bandied about, you know. He's a cult hero for Liverpool, isn't he? And he's one of the biggest cult heroes that we've had. You know, we look through the history of Liverpool, you know. My dad would have said, you know, oh, Joey Jones in the 70s. Joey Jones was great, bleeding, snapping ankles all over the place. He only played, he didn't play that many games for Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? But these were the players that people loved. <coughs> Divock Origi, when he does live, will live with a CV that has that Everton goal, that has the Barcelona game, the 4 0, the best game I've seen. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't believe that. And he's at the forefront of it. His, I mean, Trent gets all the credit for the, the corner. But Origi has switched on that and he's alive to it and he knows about it and the finish is excellent, everything about it. He has the Champions League final goal. Like every, he just has a, a, a litany of big moments for Liverpool. Yeah. And he leaves that with CV. He leaves as a hero, a cult hero. He may not be everyone's favourite player. He may not be everyone's cup of tea. But he's a player that when he does go, you look back and you'll say, yeah, 10 million, done all right. Yeah, happy with that. Yeah, Kev. Um, I don't think you'll disagree when you say it could be time for him to leave. Um, are you as interested as me to see how we get on in Serie A as, as basically you're starting every week? None of this bench bullshit. You're yeah. going to start every week because I'd, I'd love to see how he gets on. <clears throat> That's the thing. Can he Can he do it? Can he physically do it? You know, he picks up niggles a lot when he comes on and when he's coming off the bench. He picks up niggles in training a lot. Can he physically play a 38 game season? We don't know. He's never had to do it. You know, he's 26 years old, years of age and he's never played a full season of football. You know, it's it's almost it's it's almost criminal in a way. And the other side of it, the downside of it for us is he's going to be very difficult to replace in the squad. Having that person who doesn't give any grief, doesn't give any, doesn't give anyone any problems, doesn't complain, doesn't talk in the press. When he's asked to do a job, he'll do a job to the best of his ability. They're like gold dust. In, in in modern day football, they really are. But for his sake, I'd love to see him go and try. And he's had a couple of loan spells before, and it just hasn't worked out. He's tried it in Germany, he's tried it in France, and it's almost a case of like his head just wasn't his head space wasn't in it. Whether he was too young or what, I don't know. But AC Milan would be a good fit. You've got Giroud and Ibra are coming are right at the end of their careers, and. Some of the players that Milan do have, they're evolving their side. You've got Kessie looking to leave. You've got Tonali there who can pick a pass. So it would be a good league for him to go into. And the fact that I didn't watch the Belgium-Ireland game, so I don't even know if he came on. You know, But if you've got Michi Batshuayi starting for Belgium in these kind of games as you're next up to Lukaku, if, that, if, I, if I was a Rigi, I'd be fuming. Because I know he's a better player than what Misha Batshuayi is. You know, he just needs to play. And he needs to go somewhere to play. For the sake of his career. If he doesn't do it now, he'll never do it. But it's all in his hands. You know, I, I wish him well. He, he, like Emmett said, he was spot on. Keith has said this for a long time. He should have gone after the Champions League. We should have forced the issue after that. But... We didn't, and we are where we are signed, now. He signs a new deal after the Champions League. He signs a new deal yeah. after the Champions League, and you know it is what it is now. Yeah, I think he leaves. He doesn't know us anything. I don't think he signs an extension to guess a fee for him. I think wherever he ends up, he'll have a nice signing on fee. That's the whole point of being a free agent. You get your signing on fee. You get a decent wage, and you'll have a decent career. But I'm interested to see can he play a week in, week out. 
And what's yeah, he like when he does my, play week in, week out? That's my big thing. I think the best part of his career is li- literally at Liverpool is when, do you remember he was being picked ahead of Daniel Sturridge? And Before he go, got injured. Yeah, and we go away to Dortmund in that quarterfinal um, first leg and people are like, fuck, Origi starting before ahead of Sturridge here. And he scores. And he, he actually seemed to like the responsibility. You know, up front on his own, he liked the responsibility and he, he worked hard. He, you know, he, he, he worried defenders. He has great pace. He's a good finisher. He's a really good finisher, Diva Carini, when you give him the opportunity. Um, but then it just, see, he just, for me, he just fell into this thing where he was like, I'm not going to get me game, but I'm at Liverpool. And you can't knock, the, it doesn't matter how good or an international or whatever. There is just people like that go, I'm playing Liverpool Football Club. Why wouldn't I have a great time? You know, sometimes we, we, we look at things and we say, he's not getting a game. Why isn't he gone? It's Liverpool Football Club. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, people want to play for them. And I don't blame anyone for looking going, eh, Wolfsburg, eh, okay, but I could could be on the bench at Liverpool having a great time. Why wouldn't you? You know, the sort of way. So it's, it's an interesting one, but look, it looks like it looks like he may leave, but don't write him off to have a bit of a say in the rest of the season either. Oh, we've gained like some way here. Yeah, yeah. To show up somewhere in you know late in a game somewhere in a cup, it could be a cup game against City, it could be a Champions League game, it could be a league game where we're struggling and we need a goal. Don't write Divock Origi off having one more say over over Liverpool and the destination of trophies before he leaves the club. But um, Alan Vogue said it in the chat there earlier. He comes on in that Champions League final and is absolute pony. Always atrocious. <laughs> and then the ball drops to him and, you know, left foot, boom, yeah. take it out of that. You're yeah. not a bother, you know what I mean? That's the player he is. That's, that's the type of player dealing with. And look, Yaruika, if you touched on it there... He was excellent when Klopp Force came in and he had that run and then gets injured by Funes Mori. Jurgen Klopp, we know, he's he's a man-manager and he if you put it in for him, he'll reward you in spades. And I think he would love to keep a Divock Origi around. And he, they won't do anything. They'll make his exit the best for Divock Origi that they can. Mm-hmm. They won't do anything that'll, you know sign a contract so we can get a fee they'll they'll let him happily go out the door pat on the back do you know what I mean Klopp keeps him around because he, he done him a solid at the start and we've seen it with other players over the years with Klopp if you do a solid for Klopp he looks after you and he doesn't push out the door fans might have says get rid of him get rid of him Jürgen Klopp doesn't do that and we're seeing it with Divock he's here a long long time and his time is eventually up we wish him well I think uh, I think Klopp actually said it when he scored the goal in the Wolves game earlier on in the season that he hopes that he finds a manager that will play him as often as he should be playing. Yeah. So uh, yeah. just with what Kev said, like, can he actually do it? Would there be any self doubt himself? Can he actually do game after game after game after game? Yeah. I don't. I don't know if there's a doubt in him. I think the. I wouldn't say it's a doubt. I'd say it's more a. Mental thing, you know, yeah. you know, obviously doubt is a mental thing, but what I mean is 
has he fallen into this sort of part of his career where he doesn't doubt his ability? There's no doubt in my mind he doesn't doubt his ability. But my thing for him would be, I wouldn't be looking at Diva Grigge going, is he good enough to play in Serie A? I wouldn't be look, I'd be looking at going, has he fallen into this way of life for the last possible three years, right? Where he can't get himself out of it. It's a bit like a football team, you know, when they, they're playing a game and you notice that something goes wrong for them and they just can't click back into gear. They just can't seem to find something to go and win a game. Something goes against them or, you know, they lose a player and they just can't seem to find it. And that's where I think you know, ability wise, I think he, he, he I think he believes himself absolutely not, not a bother. Um, but it'd be just going from being a sub to turning up at AC Milan for him's sake and them saying, right, you're playing every week. And him, him going, I oh, don't really fucking play every week. It's not really my team. Yeah. Like, you know, the sort of way, unless he's signing the team with Milan going, listen, I'm not playing every week, lads. I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll, 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 if we four games this month, I'll start two, but the other two, like, you know, yeah. ch- chill out, like, you know what I mean? Don't be going mad, but we'll have to wait and see. Don't um, let so Ibrahimovic retire, yeah. You know, yeah. he's 46, it doesn't yeah, matter. I, I play once, I he, play one game a month. Yeah, Ibrahimovic can't retire because Origi is refusing to play more than two games yeah, yeah. in a month. Um, Red Steve says, has Gav toned down the saturation on everyone else's screen to make his polo shirt really pop? No, we're not that fucking technical. <laughs> and Scott Willock says, great fun at the Tau event last night. Great, yeah, great guys. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know if we met Scott last night. We met a load of people that said hello to us and um, it's hard to remember all the faces and all the names. But um, we had a lovely time anyway. Um, yeah. Moving on though, we, we, we did come here to talk about the Premier League and stuff like that. So let's start at the bottom. Because... <clears throat> Can I get a general, a, a general consensus that Norwich City will be relegated before we went to all this? Kev? Yeah. Keith? Go on. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Emma? Yeah. Okay. Is there a general consensus that you think Wofford will be relegated? Mm-hmm. Don't know. Okay, after so Norwich, or... it's up in the air after Norwich for me. Okay. There's only one other that we have nailed on. Yeah. That's the blue shoe. Right. Well, that's well. We will we will get to that, right? So, just um, just for you know, people that don't have the table in front of them. So, there's a lot of games in hand going on here, and all sorts of messing. Currently, Norwich on 29 games have 17 points. Watford on 29 games have 22 points. Burnley on 27 games have 21 points, and Everton on 27 games have 25 points. It's interesting though that. Everton and Borley have three games in hand on Brentford and Leeds, who sit on 30 and 29 points, respectively. Right? Yeah. Like, Leeds, Leeds are seven points clear of, 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 of um, Wofford, right? And, but Brentford are eight points clear of them. Now, Wofford have one game in hand on them. They're, they're fucking nine and ten, but they're something like eight and nine points clear of um, Borley. Yeah, who have three games in hand, but how many many points are Burnley picking up in those three games in hand is probably the question. So, do you all agree that Brentford and Leeds are safe? Well, it came out tonight. It came out tonight. Apparently, I was seen on Joe Wyman's tweet uh, Twitter feed that uh, Paddy Banford is out for six weeks. Right, and they're they won their last two games, but Christ, they really, really, really had to work work for it. And you know the two-one late winner against what against Norwich. I think that Leeds are probably okay. The two wins might might be enough because 
I don't think Burnley will get that many points in the games they've got in hand because they're not easy games. So if if we if we look at it, Everton twenty five, Watford twenty two, Burnley twenty one. Do you take them? They all have ranging between eleven and nine games left. Let's put a points total on the bottom three or, or what you think would get you safe. Emma, does 34 points get you safe? I'm just looking at the actual... I'm looking at the fixtures here. They all have to actually play each other. Yeah. So yeah, Brentford have Watford, game. Leeds have Watford, Everton have Burnley and Watford. Um, yeah, I, I haven't counted... Like, I mean, Newcastle are only on 31 points, if I'm not mistaken, are they? They are, yeah. 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 The game and and, and I've, I've actually not included them. I just did a thing here with the fixtures and I've not included them. I've gone bet from Brentford down. Um, so 34 points. Well, look, I'll put it to I, think, I think 34. I think 34, yeah. Because just looking at the what, games. Throw Brighton in there as well because they haven't won a game in fucking ages. And yeah, but they've 33 points. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they, they've lost. Six what I'm saying is, right. what I'm saying, I'll put it to you this way. If Brentford and Leeds, if Brentford win one more game and Leeds win two more, okay, would you be on 34 points? It would need, it would need Burnley to take 14 points from the last 11 games. Yeah. Which is four wins and two draws from the last 11. Do you see Burnley doing that? No, I think Burnley are gone. Because that's Burnley taking all this. Yeah, I think Burnley are gone. I think it's between Watford and Everton. Okay. Watford and Everton. Burnley, Burnley have two games in hand on Watford. Yeah. I think Burnley could be snaky to get out of that yeah. because they, what but, they have, they've that sort of, it hasn't worked for them now in fairness, but they do have that bit of fight and that bit of blade and grizzle about them. Know how they're there as well. Think, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I think yeah. that could hold them. It's not that first rodeo. Yeah. I, I, I think it's two from Everton, Watford and Burnley. I'll put my neck, I'll put, Put that out there. That's so you what, think that's you I think, think you think Leeds and you think Brentford are okay. Well, I think they'll be okay. I think it's two of uh, Everton, Watford, and Burnley. Would you all agree? Two from three. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think that any of them are breaking thirty points. So I think if you're on thirty now, you're safe. Kev, two from three. Yeah, it's two from three, and it's the games against each other is going to decide it. Um, <sighs> I think Watford might have enough. I think Watford might get over the line. I think Everton are in real trouble. <laughs> is that because real, is that because trouble. Watford look a bit more or have a manager that despite what he has in the squad and despite what you think of him, he can send the team out to be absolutely very, very well drilled and literally say, right, we're going to draw our next three games and we're going to take three points from three games and it's better than what we were getting in the last three or four games or wherever it might be and that pushes us to 32 points let's see whatever they are is, 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 or, they, or have two, a, they have a goal yeah. threat as well you know, in, points, in, Emmanuel, in the likes of Emmanuel Dennis they, ha- they have a goal threat and if Hudson can get them we'll find out when we play them first up on Saturday we're you know, we'll see, on Saturday yeah, we'll yeah. see how defensively Sound or not, I, I could safely say I haven't watched enough of Watford to know what they're really like. But if he can get them anywhere near solid, anywhere near sound, stop the set piece goals and give the likes of Dennis a chance in games, the odd chance here and there, he'll take them. And I can't say the same about Everton because I have watched a bit of Everton and they look an absolute mess. 
no matter yeah, what kind of lineup they put out, they have no discipline and they have no. They just don't look like they can keep clean sheets. They don't look like they can score goals. They can't stop set pieces. Uh, they're in so much trouble. They're in a mire and the fans are turning. So, at least with Watford, with the fans, they're not going to go absolutely off their game if they go on a bad run because they've been there up and down. They're a yo-yo club. You know, so the fans will stick with them, whereas the fans will turn on effort, guaranteed 100%. How, Keith, how much does just pure drive to get results outweigh talent? Because I think if you look at Watford and Everton, you would actually, there's no issue saying Everton have a more talented squad. Yeah. Right? But, like Chris Brack says there, he thinks some of the Everton players don't realise they're in a relegation battle. They think they seem to think reputation will keep them up. How how much is it where Everton would just literally sit there going, players even looking at each other going, oh, he'll get us out with something, or he'll get us out with something because he's a really good player. And they're not all doing it. They're not all pulling their weight, whereas Watford with a inferior squad, or in, in talent-wise anyway, will absolutely dog it. And as, as much as they put, like they go away and win at Southampton, who are on a really good run of form, Southampton. They go and win there. Now they've been bashed. They were beaten at home by Arsenal. They were bashed away. I, I can't remember who they were beaten 4 0 away at somebody. Um, but they go and win at Southampton before the international break. It throws the cats amongst the pigeons. It's, is it a case, Keith, and um, you, you keep banging on about everything going down? Is it for you? It's not about talent. It's about the ability to just grind results. And grind that one all, or maybe make it a two one, or maybe make it a one nil, and just be able to pull something out. Because I agree, with just I've watched Everton the last few games, and Newcastle included, by the way, and they were appalling. Dort and look, he's touched on it there. They've the worst manager in this battle. Make no bounds about it. Roy Hodgson knows what the relegation scraps are about. Uh, Sean Deutsch knows what the relegation scraps are about. Jesse Marsh doesn't, but Jesse Marsh is coming into a team, and I think his little um, new manager kick might be enough there for Leeds. I can see Leeds winning a couple of games between now and the end of the season, whereas Everton, I look at it, and I'm like, can't see them winning many, if any. You know, like, genuinely, I don't think there's a win in Everton. And that's because they have a crap manager, right? We always give Frank Lampard stick, and I think it's right to give him stick because his opinion of himself is carry on after that cup game when he just went on like a petulant child about the four goals that you can see that being flukes and this and that. Like, absolute. This fella does not have the minerals. And if your manager doesn't have the minerals for it, your players certainly won't. You look at everything, right? Let's look at Watford, right? They have. Uh, Kev touched on it there. They've got um, <coughs> Dennis. He hasn't. He's he's slowed down with the goals, but he is a goal threat. They've uh, Kucho Hernandez. They've got if he gets any weight to fitness. They've uh, Ishmael Assar. They've got weapons there. I don't know what weapons Everton have because the likes of Richarlison, he's not the one you want down there when you're you know the you're digging in the trenches and you're looking to get a bit of action. He's not the one. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he has one eye on the exit there as well. You know, Everton's big players, they don't have the players, I think, for the scrap. I think, you know, they talk about Anthony Gordon, they'll talk about, you know, Seamus Coleman and all these lads. They do not have the bottle for this fight and I agree with Chris's comment. I think in their heads, they think it's between everyone else because we're too good to go down. But they're not too good to go down. And I think their manager will play a big, big part in that because he is poor. Make no mistakes. 
Frank Lampard is a poor manager. He hasn't got any tactical nous or know-how. They got a win against Newcastle. We probably all watched that game. I thought they were absolute dirt in it. Um, I watched them against Wolves and they were beaten 1-0. And if that's my team I'm watching, I, if you, I go back to talent and squads, right? If the other team has, has better talent or in better form, they beat you. You go, well, you know what? We put in a shift and we got beaten. They didn't even try against Wolves. And I mean they yeah. didn't even try. Wolves were actually controlling footballs two and three yards away from themselves and were able to stroll on and play football. It was mad. Newcastle, they were appalling. Newcastle were battering them. And yeah. then Newcastle had, because of the injury time, I think they end up with about 25 minutes, um, yeah. if not more, with the, playing against 10 men. And Newcastle just completely just decided to turn off and everything get that. And then you see them in the cup. It, it's... And... It was bad. It was bad. It and was the thing, bad. and the worst thing about it is, regardless of, of, of what you think of, of Lampard and what he says, right, or, or the way, the, how he presents himself, if you actually listen to what he's saying, he's basically telling you that Crystal Palace had to do next to nothing to score yeah. four goals against us. Read between yeah. the lines. He said, average goal, fluke goal, average goal, and then he says something else. So he basically told the nation that Crystal Palace... After 20 minutes where Everton kind of had four or five shots in the first 20 minutes, Crystal Palace done nothing out of the ordinary and scored four goals against my side. Yeah. Now, if he thinks he's standing there and he doesn't think that that's not anything to do with him, you're in serious... Forget, forget Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, yeah. Decore, he hung, Alan. He, hung, he hung all the players out to dry. But he's he done... Every but you see, he's done this, Kev. Kev. Yeah, he's a track record. He's done this at, at Chelsea. Yeah. If you remember at Chelsea, you got all the applauders for playing young kids because of the transfer ban. And I, yeah. I was okay with that. But when he brought all these players in, he didn't know what to do with them. And then when it went bad, he was saying he, he started having a goal players. And he's doing it already here. He's doing it already. Emma, do you want to know Everton's I, next five? Here's I, I have them five. here in front of me, yeah. Right. West I'll Ham, for, Burnley, for the, for the, United. Yeah, so West Ham away on Sunday. Burnley away on Wednesday. Manchester United at home. On the Saturday, United absolutely need something out of that, by the way. It's not yeah. a case of United season's over. Absolutely. As do West Ham, as do Burnley. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then uh, they have a break because of the FA Cup. They play. This is where they're going to get it. This is where they're going to get it because this prick Rogers is going to get them over, right? <laughs> Leicester at home. Leicester at home. Liverpool away. And then when you go beyond that, Chelsea at home. Leicester away. Brentford at home. Arsenal away. So every single team there, every all of them have absolutely something to play for, Emma. I I think because the games in hand get them over. No, I don't. Think, I, 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 don't I don't know how where, much. Where, where do they squeeze them in? Do you know what I mean? In between all of those games with the the people that are fighting for stuff, I, I think Everton are bang in trouble. And much the same as what you said there, when you see a team that kind of needs to kick into a sec, uh, another gear to kind of get back into a game. I think Everton are in free fall, and when you're in free fall, it's very, very hard to try and turn that around. I think Norwich have a better manager suited towards a relegation yeah. fight. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know they're, we, we, we all, we've all agreed that they're gone, but Dean Smith has been there. They've all, all of them have been there. A lot of the players at these clubs have been in scraps before. Everton's players haven't. And I, I personally, and I know I'll probably get hay for this, I personally don't want, if, if Everton could go down and come back up straight away, I'd love to see say that they were relegated. But I think if everything go down, they could keep going down. Like Le like Leeds stay down 
like yeah, it's Sunderland. Sunderland. Like it, the amount issues. of money, the amount of money that they yeah. have held up in that club on certain things and what they're spending at the moment, which is verging on them getting sanctions against them. It's it'll be a colossal hit if they go down. Um, right before we move on, then because we have to get we're fifty three minutes in. This is flying. Um, Kev, I'm putting you. I'm putting you out there now. You tell me who goes down in the Premier League this season. I think it says. I think Norwich, Burnley, Everton, in that order. I think Everton will finish third from bottom. Uh, they'll be they'll be well gone. The sides above them will pull away. I think Keith is right. I can see Newcastle, Brentford, Leeds picking up wins, enough wins to get them safe and. The further they get away, and Watford, you and you feel Watford get over? I think Watford will have enough. I think Hudson will do enough to get Watford safe. The games that Everton have in hand, the pressure, the pressure that's got to be on those games is monumental. Because you you list the games in the, in that running, and if the only sides that I think Leicester are probably one of the few sides in that running that they're playing that don't really have anything on it. Everyone else they're playing has something on has something on these games um, I think they're if they're, I think by the end of this month they'll be gone and the heads will go the heads will explode completely because yeah, reality I keep, reality will slap them like a wet fish you know I, and they have no clue what's coming they have to the um, know what they're in what trouble they're in the next two away are huge if they lose the next two and then they go into United at home which is basically a home game where they, they'll be up the wall and you know they're coming to try to get something. That could be the day that you that they actually go down. And what I mean, I know there's loads of games left, but that could be yeah. the one that breaks them. And the white flag is getting yeah, and they're like we're it. not getting out. It's just gone too far. And and you know what? I listen to I listen to some stuff where Everton fans are. On. I listen to across the park podcast, which is a Liverpool and Everton podcast, the same. And the lads are really good. And we've had one or two lads from um, yeah. both blues. I think we've had on. Um, um, no, one blue and one red from that from that podcast on this show and or on this channel, and they're very realistic in what they say on that podcast. But I get the sense of them that it's not about the thirty eight games; it's the breaking point. And I think everything are teetering on a breaking point. You know when you see a club where you are a team where you say they're in the hunt. Oh, it's fading, it's fading, and then you go six games left, they're gone. They're just gone. There's no. You should stop it now. If a referee was involved here, he'd be he'd be, he'd be stopping this fight. And that's where I think they're teetering on. And I think if we're going into Saturday week and we're looking at Everton at home to Manchester United, and Everton have lost. That's their games in hand gone. By the way, um, you know, theoretically, if they lose at home to Manchester United, you're going. That's three on. That's three on the bounce with the FA Cup defeat, and games are running out, and they haven't got themselves out of it. Um, I think they could be in real trouble. Keith, give me a bottom three. Norwich, Everton. Norwich, Everton and Watford. Okay. I think Burnley will get out of it. Okay. Burnley but I wouldn't be, so I don't give a shit about Burnley or Everton. Or or uh, Watford once the ever gone the, the one good game Everton had sorry for going back on this the only good game in months was when they played Leeds a few weeks ago at, at uh, Goodison and the crowd were bleeding rabid and they got behind them and they, they shouted on every tackle every throw in and they don't have that in the locker that, that crowd because we all know that as soon as something goes wrong against them Leeds were very very shit at that stage and were extremely there for the taking 
And once something goes wrong, the toxicity there switches and it ramps up and they don't have it. I think they go, and in that order, by the way, I think they go second last. I think they're bleeding a uh, 19th in the league job. But I'll say, I'd fancy Burnley, and I'm only putting that, I hate Burnley, I'd love Burnley to go down. But I just think they're a more settled side than Watford. Do you know what I mean? Their players and manager are there a long time. The core of their squad is there sort of a long time. And I think they might have enough but it's, it's a toss. I think the likes of Leeds and Brentford and all, they'll pull away from it now. And I think I can see them getting wins where I can't see days getting many down there. Okay. So that's where I'm going with. Emma? Uh, Norwich, Burnley and Everton. Oh, sorry, Norwich, Watford and Everton. Burnley to stay up. Okay. I think Everton stay up. Boo. And they're terrible. But I think them two Leicester games for me. Yeah, that's Them that's two Leicester you. games and that Brentford game at home because you have to remember that Brentford game is the second last game of the season. And if Brentford are safe, you know, your man Tony is off on a boat somewhere just having a great yeah. time. You know, that's sort of on a yacht somewhere. Yeah. Um, Norwich definitely. Burnley have a fight in them, but they just can't score goals. And I don't know how many... You're going to need to get two or three wins here. And I just can't see where Burnley get the goals to do that. I think they'll scrape a couple of draws here and there. And Watford, uh, they can pull out results. They can. But I think they need to do more than Everton. And I, I think, I genuinely, I think Everton could stay up on about 31 points. I think that I, th- I think that's how bad it could get down there. Listen. If they were play- if you swapped Leicester, them two games against Leicester, well, and anybody. you were playing Wolves, or they were playing even two games against Watford, <laughs> I'd 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 go with you. But I'm fucking telling you that Brendan yeah. Rodgers fella will turn up and get beaten at Goodison, and they'll probably get beaten at home by them as well. Um, and the only reason I think Everton stay actually, do you know what it is? The only reason I think Everton will stay up is because of that wanker will um <laughs> will, will turn off. In both the games and for the rest of the season now, because he's throwing his toys out of pram. So everything for me stay up, but only because of Leicester City, in my opinion. Um, Europe top four, top six, just on the top six thing. Um, I think seven places will get you into Europe, won't it? Because unless Palace win the FA Cup, another spot would go to the league. Um, I don't know if, the, if it's a Europa League spot or it just goes into a conference spot. So you're probably looking at seven. Um, getting European spots, but before we get into the top four, does anybody is anybody against the idea of Wolves getting into Europe? Because I've really enjoyed them this season. And um, they don't score loads of goals, they don't concede loads of goals, but they've had some really good games. Keith, yeah, they're a good team. Wolves, they're a good team. I I expected them to fall off a cliff, to be honest. And um, when Nuno left, and Nuno was he'd run his race at that stage, and he brought in Bruno Lage, and I'm like, ah. Oh, I don't know, you know, you're going back to that well again, you're going to that Portuguese well, can you hit uh, Lightning in a bottle twice? And they have, because he's a good manager, he's a good coach. They're up and down, they don't score that many goals, but they've got one of the best keepers in the league this season in Jose Sar. Jose Sar, they've got him, and look, there's better keepers than him, but he has been excellent, because they had Rui Patricio, and you lose him, and you're like, see, you're, you're losing all these key players but they're replacing them and they're able to replace them with players of the same quality. And I, I've enjoyed them. I think they're good. Um, they're, as we said, they're up and down. They'll have games where they'll be battered, but they'll have games that they'll win. 
so they're currently what eight in the league at the moment, and we're saying seven will get in. It's hard to see where it's hard to see who drops out. That's the only problem. <clears throat> it's hard to see who drops out with that, but I'd love to see them getting in there. Yeah. Okay, top four. Um, us beating Arsenal kind of threw it around the place again, didn't it? You know, Arsenal were looking handy, handy enough. Um, just at the moment, the way things stand, Arsenal have 28 games played, 54 points. Spores are on 29 games with 51 points. United on 50 points with 29 played. West Ham are possibly over. They played 30 with 48 points, but they'll still want to be pushing because they're currently in seventh and they probably want to make sure that that's sixth. So they all have something to play for. Wolves are on 46 points. They're the outsiders for, for possibly making Europe. But you look at Arsenal and they've only one game in hand on United and, and Spurs now, right? And they're only um, one, sorry, three and four points ahead of them. One of their games in hand is Spurs away. And the other one, I think, when it falls, will be Chelsea. Chelsea away. Away. So Arsenal... Um, you know, they're in pole position at the moment when you look at the table. But Arsenal's next few are Palace away at the weekend. Um, they're home to Brighton, away to Southampton, away to Chelsea, home to Manchester United, away to West Ham, home to Leeds, away to Newcastle, home to Everton. Um, it's still in their hands, Emmett, but they lose to, if they lose to Spurs and Chelsea, it, it I don't know if they do it. I really, I really, really don't. Arsenal look to me, Emmett, like somebody that, like, like a team that have performed quite well. Flat track bullies to a certain extent. But that manager in particular looks like if it goes wrong for one or two games, he could, like, genuinely, he could do anything because I think he's mental. And the Arsenal fan base aren't a million miles off the Everton fan base either. Yeah. They'll turn on him quick smart. Um, I'd I'd actually like to personally I'd like to see Arsenal do it. I think the job that Arteta has actually done to go in and change what, if you believe what you read, was a toxic environment in the in the dressing room, and he's gone in and he's he's done it. He's had the cojones, as he would say in his country, to actually do it. Um, a young side improving. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see. I'd like to see Arsenal do. It. I think if Arsenal, if Arsenal can do it, and add one or two more, that could be the top four locked up tight for about two or three seasons, because he's done at Arsenal what someone is going to have to do now at Manchester United, and that's clean up that that changing room, get rid of your uh, the equivalent of the Aubameyangs and and stuff like that. And I just think Arsenal are kind of ahead of the curve in terms of where United Spurs are. Uh, Spurs, I don't know, like Conte is going to continue to do the, the hokey-cokey. He's going to be in one yeah. week and out the next. Um, I, I think Arsenal, I, I, again, I'll put my neck out. I think Arsenal will do it. Um, maybe only just do it. I just don't think United will be flip-flopping and getting... Like they might get a decent result here and there, but they, they, they'll they'll drop too many points. But I'll, I'll put my neck out and say Arsenal actually do it. I think Arsenal can beat Palace, Brighton, and Southampton in their next three, mm. which will push them 
slightly further ahead where others may have lost games. And yeah, that a little bit of leeway going into that Spurs yeah, yeah. and United yeah. games, I suppose. Yeah. So it's well, I don't. I, yeah, it's Chelsea and United, isn't it? Chelsea away, United at home. Um. So, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I think Arsenal do it, and I'd actually like to see Arsenal do it. Um, Keith, just on Spurs because when I wanted to look up Spurs fixture list I just thought to myself they'd be better off playing a load of teams in the top six that they're not quite expected to be because yeah. when you give them the when you ask them to take the initiative in games I think Spurs look horrendous when you get teams to come out and play against them they look great because Kane Son uh, what's that guy's name yeah um, good player by the way um, they look like they're they're dynamite at times um, on the break but Spurs like home to Newcastle away to Villa home to Brighton away to Brentford home to Leicester that's the next five yeah brings you up to the end of April they then travel to Liverpool home to Burnley away to Norwich so really when you look at them games that they have left now Arsenal has to be um, thrown in there somewhere as well that hasn't been confirmed yet I don't think Arsenal and Spurs but bar Liverpool and Arsenal you're looking going they're all winnable games but against that Keith they're games where they'll have to take the initiative and I think that's where they struggle yeah I think um, you know Conte as Emmett said, he's he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. And we don't know what we're going to get with him. Spurs are the type of team that, you know, they have the attacking prowess more so than than the others. Do you know what I mean? Because like, they do have them lads up front and they brought in the two boys, Kulisevsky and Bentoncourt, and they're making a huge difference. But what's around them? You now have Regulon getting thrown under the bus by Conte. You know, he's not happy with his wing-back options. He's not happy with... You know, so many of his options in that team. And I'll say this every time. Their keeper is the weak link. He is fucking brutal. Hugo Lloris, sports fans love him because he makes a good save every game. But he makes a hell out every game as well. So I think, you know, Arsenal are much better with Aaron Lonsdale. But I think he's going to cause them. Yeah, Harry Lonsdale. He's going to he's gonna cause them. No, Harry Ramsdale. Harry Ramsdale. Harry Ramsdale, yeah. Yeah, okay. He's, I think, I think Lloris is a, a huge weak link for them. And I think oh, I, I can see them winning a lot of games, but where I see sports falling down, not maybe losing, is draws. I think draws will catch them. They'll be ahead in games. They won't put their foot on the throat and teams will get goals back. So I think, well, it is an easy fixture list. I think they could drop silly points you don't expect them to. And that's where they fall down. I, I sort of agree with Emma. I think I think Arsenal will will get that fourth place just because they could deal the damage before it starts to catch up with them. Yeah, like when you look at United, Kev, um, Leicester at home, Everton away, Norwich at home, Liverpool away, Arsenal away, Brentford at home, Brighton away, Chelsea at home, Crystal Palace away. They probably look like they're the hardest running United out of those three, in fairness. But again, you don't know what United are going to turn up. I think that's the thing with all three of those sides. You look at Arsenal, 1-11, to 11, then they're fine. They should get top four. The problem is when Arteta came out complaining about the fixture list the other the last time he came out, mm-hmm. it's because he's playing the same 11 all the time. He doesn't change it. And that's not going to wash. You know, um, They're never going to have a better chance to get top four. They've had no Europe all season. They've been able to work on the training ground more than any other club. Spurs, agree with Keith. they're going to struggle to break sides down. But the two signings that they made have been really good. 
I got a sneaky feeling. I think United now that they're out of Europe, I think they could they could get in there. It's there's four points split in the three of them. They all got to play tough games. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Manchester United got into the top four. Arsenal have to get into the top four if they want to keep that squad together. They have to. They've got too much young talent there that won't be happy with another year in the Europa League. And the flip side of all of it, West Ham <coughs> could really go and win the Europa League mm. and get into the Champions League that way. Yeah. They really could. You know, they've got Leon in the next round, which will be a tough, tough game home and away. Barcelona are probably the favourites for the tour to win it outright. But I wouldn't discount West Ham in the Europa League at all. I think they got it. I think they'll right almost concentrate exclusively on that now until they're until they're out of it. Mm. Um Wolves could pick up a league place on the strength of West Ham dropping off dropping off a bit in the league to focus on Europa. But Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. If United can start getting on a bit of a scoring run, if they can get some get a tune out of Rashford, try and get some kind of form into him. That's all they need. That that might be all the difference between those three sides is a striker hitting form at the right time. Harry Kane finding goals. You know, Saka turning into the Saka that was everyone was raving about, not the one that got pocketed by Andy Robertson. You know. It could be down to something as simple as that, a striker finding form at the right time. And who are you going to back in a in that kind of race? There's nothing There's nothing in it. And that's all All those three sides have got left to focus on now is the league. It's I, going to be a fa- I don't. I wouldn't be putting the week's wages on any one of them. No, and I the think... The top four is wide open. I think the big game is Arsenal against Sports. Arsenal against Chelsea, fine. Yeah, I think United still have to play Chelsea as well. So, um, and I'm not too sure if... Sports have to play Chelsea, but they, they may or may not have to, right? Um, I don't think they do. But, United and Arsenal still have to play each other. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if Arsenal beats Sports, I think you're more or less done. If they draw or even are lose to Sports, Sports are most definitely back in it. And Manchester United, like you just said, Emma, are eyeing up that Arsenal game going, we'll put ourselves right back in it if we beat them. Because even though they're unpredictable these three sides they know the other two are unpredictable as well so it's not a case of like let's be honest if Liverpool were four points clear of sports with this amount of games to go you go Liverpool are just going to wipe the floor with everyone and sports don't have a hope because of who's around they're all looking at each other going you're not that reliable you know the sort of way and with sports having to play Arsenal um, you know that's the key game that will that will set it up to what's left and that little buffer that Arsenal have could become really important or it could be where it's like you're being dragged right back into this. And I'm not saying that Spurs would take the upper hand. United could then look and go, they're, they're killing each other here. We can go on Arsenal and, and, and really go for it. So it's it's really, really interesting. Um, 
fourth spot in the league, Kev. Manchester United. Keith. Arsenal. Emma. Arsenal. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd go towards Arsenal. Just. Just. I think if they can avoid defeat against Spurs, it might be enough. It'll still open it up if they draw, but I think they might have enough. They look like they look like the most likely out of those three sides that could probably put three or four wins together in a row, and I think that's what might do them for the end of the season. Now they look like they look like the most settled side, I think, and and had been one of the farm teams only up until we got hold of them. Yeah, and, yeah, and the, and the thing is like. Most settled, settled, they look like the team that believe in themselves the most. Mm. You know, you know, you don't look like they believe in what they're doing. No way, did he? And Spurs are probably on the pitch going, this fella is going to have a breakdown after this game <laughs> if we don't win, you know. So they're all kind of skirting around Antonio Conte as well, so it's a bit mental. Um, the league, the one we're here to talk about. Um, both teams have nine games left. They have to play each other at the end. He had one point separates us. We start back against Watford at half twelve at Anfield on Saturday. City followed that up against away to Burnley at Turfmore at three pm. Um, there's been loads spoken about about the run in and who has what and stuff like that. I don't know how much that's going to matter when it comes to these two teams. They'll just want to keep winning and winning and winning. But just so people know what's going on, <coughs> league wise. Liverpool home to Watford, away to Manchester City, away to Aston Villa, which we don't know when that's going to be yet because it's being postponed. It could end up being the second last game of the season. Um, home to Manchester United, home to Everton, away to Newcastle, home to Spurs, away to Southampton, home to Wolves. Right? It does, if you're taking on its merits, I think it looks a harder running than Manchester City's. Um, you know, Manchester City's running, of course, starting one point ahead of Liverpool with nine games to go. They have Burnley away. They have Liverpool at home. Um, Atletico Madrid is in the European Cup for them, of course. Um, and we have Benfica. But they then, um, their, Wol- their game against Wolves away has been, like their game of Villa, has been cancelled. So you don't know where that's going to go in. Home to Brighton, home to Watford, away to Leeds, home to Newcastle, away to West Ham, home to Aston Villa. And then you have the Wolves away game. So they do look like um, an easier set of fixtures than Liverpool. But I'm quite happy with that. I want them, I, I, I'm I more comfortable in the fact that City feel like, ah, oh, we can go and beat all them. They won't be an issue because that's where their head's torn. And if they get through that Champions League uh, quarterfinal, I think it's it's one where I, I want them to do that as well. <coughs> Kev, how confident are you? Do we need to win at the Etihad at all costs? And who wins the league title? Right, I'll start Speak off the now end. or forever hold your <laughs> fucking peace. I'll start at the end. I think we'll win the league. I don't, I don't think we have. I don't think we have to go to the Etihad and beat them. Okay. I, I think they will, like we will, both sides will drop points between now and the end of the season against <laughs> other sides. I just think they will drop more. Um, I looked at, apparently we've conceded four goals this season in the league, this year in the league so far, mm-hmm. in this calendar, in 2022, mm-hmm. we've conceded four goals. We don't look like, we look like a side that 
even if we go one nil, that we know we have to. They know they have to win games. They, three points is everything in every game that they're in. I feel I feel confident in every game that if we get ahead, we're not going to be pegged back. I I wouldn't say the same about Man City at the minute. I just don't know if they've got got it in them to go again, like they're going to have to. And I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they go through in the Champions League. I think that could be the biggest problem for us is if Atletico knock them out, and that's a distinct possibility. Um, if they only have the league to focus on, then I think they'll go all guns blazing. The games at the end of the season, where they got, where are they going to squeeze them in? You know, the, the Villa rearranged game and their Wolves game, that could be squeezed into something that you're relying heavily then on how deep your squad is at that time. Yeah. And I, I and think of course now squad, Man City are paupers when it comes to squads. But I think our squad, I think our squad is, is, slightly, de- is slightly deeper, is more experienced. Whereas they relied... Sorry, go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. No, no, sorry, Emma, go on. I was going to say, don't forget, one of us is getting to the FA Cup final, yeah. which is on the weekend. We were supposed to play Southampton and they're supposed to play West Ham. So one yeah, of those games so has to possible. be moved so as you're, well. You're looking, at, yeah. you're looking at, yeah, so if one of us is into the FA Cup final, we're both rearranging the game. Them are yeah. away to Wolves, us are away to Aston Villa. So they're being rearranged, so they could have been ended up on the same night. But if Liverpool get to the FA Cup final, which they will because they're winning all the trophies, um, they will have to then squeeze in another game. So could that be, could that be a key, Kevin, in, in the title? I think honestly? the squad depth is going to be so key to this. They've used probably the core of 18 players this season, whereas we have used the 24. And yeah, there's a drop-off in the squad, no doubt, when you bring players in, but you have confidence in the players that when they come in, they they'll do a job. The likes of your Curtis Jones, Divock Origi when he comes in, Taki can, can, will come in and, and do jobs. I look at Nathan Ake and the, like that the, that caliber of player at Man City, they haven't really been playing much. You know, and I just fancy us over the long haul. I just think we're, I thought I, try, I would rather be in their position than ours, but the more I look at it, I wouldn't. I just think that we're in a better we're in better form, you know. And I know f- form doesn't mean anything because you can lose form in the, over ninety minutes. But I just fancy the position that we're in. I just think we're in a really good sp- good spot at the minute. And I'd rather be playing against sides who are almost a stiffer test than the the, the give me three points brigade because yeah. that's where you can come come unstuck and start looking two games down the line and stuff like that. I just don't think that's in this in the nature of the squad. And one one clip that went and done the rounds the other day or today was the one with Jordan Henderson and Harry Maguire when they were doing a rondo. Everyone's seen it, yeah. No, that kind of meant. Well, there's a they were doing this rondo did, and yeah. Harry Harry Kane literally just put his foot in the ball yeah. and stopped it. And Henderson turned around and said, "What the hell are you doing?" They were on something you know, like forty-eight passes or something. Yeah, and it's that kind of attitude from Henderson where standards don't drop. Oh, that so they're doing a rondo. They're making a yeah. field of two people in the middle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And get the forty-eight. to Maguire. And goes Maguire. Foot, he takes a touch, takes another touch, and the, the rondo dies, and Henderson's just looking at him like, what are you doing? Yeah, keep going, humiliate him, and you can't. Yeah. Exactly. That kind of attitude from someone like Henderson in a, in a training session for England is infectious in the squad. They won't let it up. They just won't stop. 
You know, I think last year, we said at the start of the scene, do you remember, they're, they've taken names and they've taken receipts from last year and they're paying it out in spades this year. I think last year hurt so many, so many of them that they really want to put down a marker that has never been done before and they're within reach of it. You know, it's unreal where they are. Okay, so you have you have Liverpool to win the title. Yes, 100%. And you don't think we have to beat them at the Etihad? No, I think a draw will be enough. Okay. Because I think they will slip on, they will fall away somewhere else. Okay. Red Steve said, I heard Hendo deck them. Uh, I mean, I didn't hear that, but he should have. Um, says Red Steve, so fair play. Uh, Keith. Yeah. Who wins the title? Do Liverpool have to win at the Etihad? Go. I think Liverpool win the title. I think Liverpool win them all. I'm on that boat. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm on the choo-choo where we're doing a quadruple. And I think Man City, we said this Will before. We drink Guinness if we win the quadruple? I'm off it, Gav. I don't drink anymore. <laughs> don't drink. I gave up. Right. Gave up there a few, an hour ago. Yeah. Um, I, I think Liverpool win them all. And we've said this a hundred times on this show. I think there's a fragility to the mentality of Manchester City. And I think... We're playing them at a time now where they don't want to be playing us. If this was a if this was a run in and that match wasn't involved in, right? So we didn't have to play them, and it's a straight race. We have nine, they have nine. Go, I'd fancy them to win the league because I think they can just do that and just motor, motor, motor. What's happened now is if we beat Watford, we don't want to take for granted that we beat Watford, right? If we beat Watford, when we beat Watford, we're top of the league. I'll be it for whatever you know um, till they play till they play Burnley we're top of the league that's a mental thing they've thrown away a 14 point lead mm-hmm. and we're top of the league we then play them at the Etihad if we beat them if we beat them they fall off a cliff in my opinion they're going to have a blade and grind house with Atletico Madrid Atletico haven't been their usual self this year they're a pig of a team absolute pig of a team to play and then they're going to have us in the cup I think their season gets derailed in a week and I think if it does I I don't think they have the mentality to to jump back on the horse I think there's too many too many uh, fragile egos in the Man City squad and they're a great team Pep Guardiola is a genius he's a great coach I'm not diminishing Pep Guardiola but he doesn't deal with pressure he never has. Do you know what I mean? At Barcelona, he didn't deal with pressure. He doesn't like it when he's under pressure. And I think the way it's fallen now, this week or whatever, 10 days or whatever it goes over between the, the league and the, the FA Cup, I think we, if we win, I agree we don't have to win. I think if we draw at the Etihad, that, that puts it a bit more in the balance for me as well. I think if we win there, I think they fall off a cliff. I think if they beat us, I think we're gone from the league, personally. I think if they beat us, that's the injection they need and they'll just tunnel vision. Boom. They won't lose a game, in my opinion. But I think they're on such a tightrope that if we can win, and it's going to be hard, it's going to be hard to win there. If we can win, I think we we absolutely stuffed them and I think it puts their their whole season gets derailed off that, I think. And look, I hope it happens. Obviously, I'm a Liverpool fan. It's a big ask, but I would, looking at it, the fact that we go there and we can do it, it's, it's in our hands. Do you know what I mean? It's been in our hands now for a while. You have to win there. There's no, 
you know, I know we're saying it draws and too bad, but the reality is if you win every league game, you win the league. And we have that. They have it as well. We know that, but they're in a, a period where they're not playing great. Look, we're not, what I think we're playing well. I think it's getting sort of over, over egged a bit our performances, but City don't look like that machine they usually do. And I think there's cracks there. And I think we can really, really bloody their nose in the next few, next couple of weeks. So we're going for us for the for the quadruple. Yeah, no worries. Barry Devney says you'll be snorting Guinness if they win the quad. Um, <laughs> Emma, who wins the title? Yeah. Do Liverpool Liv- have to win at the Etihad? Liverpool win the title. I don't think we have to win at the Etihad, but I do think we will. Um, when Atletico came out of the hat for City... <laughs> And with us sandwiched in the middle, I thought that was that was massive. So they are like Keith said, like Kev said, they're going to be two absolute dog fights. Um, I think they probably will have enough, but it's not going to be easy for them. <coughs> um, with us in the middle, I think that plays into it, plays into our hands. Um, I also think that Pep could maybe try and be clever in the league and underestimate teams mm-hmm. rather than being clever and underestimating teams in the Champions League this year when he's trying to get to that the promised land is to play Burnley, Watford, Leeds Newcastle Brighton even you said could get dragged into it um, teams that are all scrapping for their lives and we've all watched football for long enough strange things happen in the back end of a season yeah. strange results happen and I wouldn't be surprised if one of the the three teams in the dogfight takes something off them. Okay. I won't put my neck on the line and say which one, but <laughs> um, like you, you've seen, like I think Kev said on a, on a previous podcast, he thinks Atletico go and beat Man City because they they play that style where they frustrate them, they frustrate, they frustrate, and then break away and get a goal. Um, these teams are going to be scrapping for their lives and it just takes a set piece. It just takes a breakaway goal. You, they were frustrated by Southampton. Um, so we win. We don't have to win at the Etihad, but we will. City will drop more points. Okay. Oh, nice and confident. Um, the game at the Etihad is huge, but if it let to go, go to the Etihad four days previous or whatever it is and come out there with a draw or even a one goal defeat his head is already torn to the following week genuinely he is obsessed with winning the Champions League because it's the only thing that can be thrown at him as a man well you can throw loads of him because of where Man City have come from and what they do but as a manager of Manchester City the only thing that's being thrown at Pep and like his time at Bayern was he never won a Champions League right let me be honest and let me be straight up. I'm a hundred percent behind the fact that Liverpool can win a quadruple, will win a quadruple. And people are laughed at me and people said, no way. And my response all the time is, tell me why they can't. All right. Because they're playing games, you know, like the state, don't get me wrong. If we were talking about this two rounds ago in the FA Cup, you go, yeah, but they could do a break here and they do a break there. Like They're literally getting one break of a game if they weren't playing the FA Cup semi-final. One, because the final would be irrelevant, right? They literally get 
two breaks, maybe, because if they went out and say a Champions League quarterfinal, right? What benefit is it to them? There's actually more benefit to being in them than being out of them. Do you get me? Like, <coughs> if Liverpool went out of the FA Cup and the Champions League, I don't actually think it would improve the chances of winning the league because you have too much time to think. And I think Liverpool, when they don't have time to think, are at their absolute best and they're most dangerous and they're devious fuckers and they're animals and they just go in. And, and I always go back to players from all different generations saying when you're winning games you don't care if you're playing every day of the week because you're ready you want to win because the more you win the more chances you have of being successful now Liverpool come out of the season with a League Cup and an FA Cup or a League Cup and a, or, whatever, or whatever it is I won't be too disappointed because I know it won't be anything to do with the, the effort the quality we have the application it will be something where you go that's just completely unlucky or someone has made a monumental mistake in a game and you go, he's a fucking brilliant player. Are we going to hold this against him forever? A la Gerrard, right? I am just so in this mindset at the moment. Who stops them? Like, who fucking stops them? Because Man City, you would argue, in the league, in the FA Cup, absolutely fine. But when it comes to our FA Cup semi-final, are their heads falling off? Are they so distracted by something else that this FA Cup, they need to put certain players out? He's crying that he only has 18 players, which is complete and utter bullshit. Because at the start of the season, they were like, look at City's squad. Right, he didn't sign a striker. But look, the way they play, they can do this and they can do that. And all of a sudden, when it's getting a bit tough, it's like he's only picking from 18 players. That's nothing to, that's nothing to do with the players they have. It's the players he's choosing to use. Okay? And it's he's choosing to use these players because he's now... You know, it, you know, he, he's right up against it and he's, he's going to revert back to everyone he knows. And that's absolutely fine because a lot of managers do that. Go with the tried and tested as much as you can. I think we'll use a lot of Firmino in the last section of this season because he's tried and tested. But you can't throw it out there that Man City don't have the squad. You simply can't. All right. Last season is huge. Kev said it. And last season is huge. Liverpool want to win everything because that's what's instilled in them. But I promise you, an extra 5%, 1% in every performance between now and the end of the season will be them remembering media, pundits, and I use that term very fucking lightly. Um, and, you know, just genuine, just general football people saying they're finished, they're the worst champions, they're this, they're that, and the other. And they're all, they, listen, they're not, they're not you know, um, they're humans. They read this stuff and they get, they get affected by it. And you can go two ways with that. You can go feel sorry for yourself. This team haven't. This team have come out and went, right, come on then. Fuck you. Let's have a go. Let's see. We've, we're all back. We're going to add one or two. Let's see what everyone's made of now. And we were 14 points behind. It was like, look, Liverpool, we told you. Thing. And now we're sitting one point behind. And I think we're favourites for the title. Even though we're one point behind. It could go anyway. It could go anyway. We could be sitting here out of an FA Cup, out of a Champions League and after losing in the Etihad and you go, fuck. You know what I mean? City can do a treble. Yeah, absolutely. City could do a treble. It could go anyway, but it won't be down to a lack of desire or effort or skill by Liverpool Football Club. It simply won't because they won't allow themselves to be like that. 
I've I've no problem if someone at the end of the season and we we end up running the league cup wants to laugh and say, Oh, you said a quadruple, fucking right I did. And when you're in a position come the start of April where you're in all the competitions, you do the exact same. Yeah. But um I'll put it out there now, I don't know who stops Liverpool. I genuinely don't know who stops Liverpool. And the last thing they're coming down to now is oh the <coughs> amount of games they have, oh who do you have to play? Benfica, no issue. Villarreal, Bayern, Bayern Munich, absolutely no issue. The only preference I would have in the Champions League is not to meet an English side in the final. Because I, I it, they revert to type and it'll get beyond stupid how cagey it will get. And then it's just a case of one thing that could go wrong for you. In a game that you dominate, you don't win. Me, I'd love it. I'd love it let to go around Madrid in the final, that competition. Because um, we, we're used to it let to go. And we owe Real... So again, it's another ticking off exercise against Real. But Liverpool win the title. I don't think they have to win it yet, had, but I think they will. I'm with you with Emma on that. And I think, depending on how it goes, for I want Man City to stay in the Champions League to the semi final stage because it distracts them enough where they'll take they may take the right off the league a little bit, and we could go off go away from them, and I might do the same for the FA Cup. And I'm not saying we need City to be distracted to beat them, but you take every little bit of, every little, you know, last ounce of fucking luck, because you need it, every last ounce of advantage, and every last ounce of just that little bit of weight to sway on your side. So, do whatever you want, record it, Liverpool will win the fucking lot um, come the end of the season. And if they don't... Sure, it was fucking great. We had a lovely time yeah. doing it. And that's where you want exactly to be. So for me, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, we're still in them all. And I, I just don't see where why we don't win it. I, if you can find me an argument why we don't, I'll absolutely listen to it, but I'm not too sure I'd agree with you, regardless. Um, one hour and 34 minutes, uh, we're flying. Um, we need to leave it there. But... Um, don't forget our charity partner, Failicon. I said it at the start. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep saying it. If you have a few quid, please donate via the link in the description. If you can't and you can share it far and wide, please do so. And um, we're trying to get to 10K. 10K probably is a little bit optimistic at this stage because of what's going on in the world. And quite rightly, people are donating to other things around the world. That's absolutely fine. But if you have a few quid for Failicon, please do it because 10K is monstrous amount of money for this charity. So go and check them out. And um, we will have shows during the week. I'm hoping to have the cop update every day this week. We will have winners and losers tomorrow night. We will have a midweek fix Tuesday or Wednesday. And um, we will definitely do a preview. Um, to Wofford on Thursday. The lads will be with you for Sports Unplugged on Friday. We will be back after the Wofford game um, about 10 minutes after full-time on Saturday and we'll be back with the Fatback 4 next Sunday. So there's loads and loads of stuff coming. Make sure, subscribe, share, like, all that sort of mess. And if you don't do it, there's nothing we can do anyway, so don't worry about it. Kev, anything else before we go? No, it's just in, sit back and enjoy the ride. This is as good as it gets to be a football fan. It doesn't get any better than this. Would you rather be in a top four fight? You know what I mean? That's where we were. Mm. You look at where we are now. This is unreal. Yeah. It doesn't get any better, so just enjoy it. Yeah, and you know what? Keith will back us up. We were speaking to a United, United fan last week in the pub and mm. very realistic about Manchester United, very realistic about Liverpool, and he said, look, I don't want Liverpool to win anything. But if you don't enjoy it, regardless of the outcome, enjoy it. 
because that's where you want to be. And when it comes around next year, if it comes around next year, you enjoy it again and you keep enjoying it. Because trust me, he said, as a United fan, the enjoyment disappears very, very quickly and for a very long time. So go and absolutely enjoy it. Um, Fernando Chiesa, Gav, you sound like you have the Rona. No, I don't. I've tested three times this week. All negative. That can't, that can't get me. Um, I'm like immune Name to it at this stage. Words. Keith, oh, sorry, Emma, anything else before we go? No, much much the same as Kev said there. Just strap in and enjoy it. We went for long enough not competing for anything. The fact that we're even competing, and like you said, Gav, it's April. We're in all four. Well, again, we play again. It's going to be April. We're in all four. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, oh, best cams, dot one, hot girls, <laughs> and boys video chat have arrived in the chat. <laughs> Bosh. Here's a wave. Out he go. Um, big strawberry as their um, as their profile pick. Nice, like it. Um, but anyway, they're gone now. Um, Keith. Yes. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Do you know the way you play the team whistle? Yeah. I've two I'm questions for you before we go. Sorry, Emma. Sorry, Kev. But I should have done this. But anyway. <laughs> so, I have two questions for you before we go. Yeah. First one. I get to Tim Whistle in a minute. Do you ever notice, right, when you watch old comedies that have that kind of live studio audience when they're not live, they're just yeah, watching yeah. it and then they just double it all can't, over the top of it? Laugh Don't people that. laugh different years ago to what the way they do now? Yeah, I haven't really thought about that. But yeah, you're right. Because yeah. I, I watch Only Fools and Horses a lot. Yeah, and the laughing that you hear on Only Fools and Horses sounds way different to the laughing you'd hear on, say, I don't know, what would I show with those live kind of audience? Friends. Yeah. Listen to the laughter. Laughing tones have changed in the last 30 years. Yeah, they, as the guffaw has probably gone. Do you know what I mean? There's more of a snidey laugh There's, a high pitch, there's more of a high pitch yeah. from the 80s to now where it's not the same. Just, I was just yeah, wondering that today and I thought that you, thought you No, no, it's, it's something now that I think we're going to have to dig Look a bit into. deeper into. Do you know what I mean? I think it's definitely something that we're going to have to Men on TV shows. Yeah, 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 that's it. I think we'll have to investigate this. We'll be doing, watching old episodes of Steptoe and all that and comparing the, the 70s to the 80s to the 90s to the Telling now. You, definitely, it definitely goes, it's going down in octaves as the years go on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's they're selling a short, you know what I mean? You want to, if you're going to have fake laughing, have good I don't think fake it's fake laughing. laughing. Ah, it's not real, but it's it's dubbed in, you know what I mean? Yeah, but but I think, I definitely think there's a different sound to the laughter from the 70s, 80s to now. But I just thought I'd ask you that. Um, happy may, 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 maybe Keith has a point there. So, Friends had a live studio audience, didn't they? I don't think yeah. the likes of Only Fills and Horses did. So, it's nearly like canned laughter rather than live laughter. Mm. Yeah. That's the canned it. laughter was basically just one tape, Gav, says Laszlo. Yeah, yeah, but that's fine. It's, but, but what I'm saying is that they sound different. There's a different level of... of it's more high-pitched. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Canada have, have qualified for the World Cup, um, so Sass Coppo oh, was absolutely delighted with that. I think, I, think he, um, I think he dropped in, says Canada have qualified, whoop, and then disappeared. He's probably on the gargle. So Good stuff. Why not? Uh, Why this, is, this is the content we're after, let's be honest, is actually L. Andy says, Jesus, ending on a high note here. There's more of a high note in the 80s, Andy. Um, yeah. And it drops in. Listen, go and listen. And just something I noticed over the last couple of days. I thought yeah. I'd ask. See, that's social media would, and millennials. You make a, 
everything. Yo, most people just tell me to piss off where Keith will take, listen to me questions and try to answer me. Now, we probably can talk the podcast going, just prick answer me all these questions. <laughs> but um, I thought I'd ask you. Second thing is, Keith, um, how's the Tim Whistle going? Because I'm, I'm getting there slowly with the banjo. And we were in a pub last night where you can literally just wander in there on a Saturday or a Sunday, sit down and play the banjo or your tin whistle or your guitar and sing along with like-minded people. And I think we should definitely give that a go. I think we should. Did you ask your man for a shot of his banjo at one stage? No. I told him I was sure. trying to learn how to play the banjo. and uh, But he was brilliant. He was about 70. Um he just kept saying to me, I don't give a fuck. And he's just sitting in the pub smoking. It was fucking yeah. brilliant. Um, like he literally went out to have a smoke, got about 70% of the way towards the door and just lit up the smoke to around the back of the seat. It was, it was fucking outrageous. Behavior, but I loved every minute of it. I was in my element. Like people were like, come on, are we going? I was like, no, come on, we stay and sing another song. But do you reckon we should try to do that? I don't know if we have enough in us to do a gig. Not now. No, do I'm not doing a I mean? fucking gig. I'm not. Like, like, uh, no, I'm talking. Do we have to get a set list for just this. wander into the pub, two songs each in our repertoire. Yeah, and just going right, lads. I'm going to play this one. Definitely do that. And then yeah. they'll join in, and we'll feel really good about ourselves. And then we can go home. You just start it off, and yeah. then when they join in, you just stop. And yeah, like noise something. It's like a sing song. You yeah. start. You only know the first two lines of a song. Yeah. You start it off. You give it gusto. Yeah. And when everyone joins in, you can do the... Yeah, it's like when um, someone tries to sing Piano Man by Billy Joel and um, they know the first two lines and then they get yeah. completely mixed up as to what way the verses and the choruses go and then they're really relying on people to join in. And I love when people don't because yeah, the rest yeah, of the room are in the exact same position where they go, I'm not too <laughs> sure which way this one goes and everyone it just falls on its arse and you go, you've wasted a really good song there. Yeah. Unlucky, mate. Unlucky. That's true. That you can you can fall on your arse very quickly. There's a few songs like that. American yeah. Pie is another one. Yeah. Um, Hotel California. You know, people go for it and think this is easy. People join in, but then people are like, no, no, I don't know which one is which here. Hmm. Definitely make a balls of it. I don't know. But yeah, we'll definitely do the fucking the tin whistle and the banjo. We can get onto it. Yeah. And Brand maybe we're selling ourselves shorts and we can do a gig. Maybe we can. Veranda G says, I can play the ukulele. Can I join your band? Absolutely. It's not a band. I'm just going to turn up in this boozer. Own book has, um, he, first of all, he wants, uh, play Leona Lewis songs on Nike. Show. You you're you're yeah. early Leona fan, aren't you? And, it wasn't. um, it wasn't, yeah. Well, not enough because I don't know where she is. But, uh, Own book says, uh, he also says, increased levels of radiation over the last 30 years has affected how people laugh. Ah, listen, you've got on being too serious here. Like, you know what I mean? You're bringing up science <laughs> and all. Um, you ruined it. So anyway, um, we don't want the round, the round metal effect to, it as well. Yeah, it's only going to get worse. The round the cut. Uh, Craig Lowe says, Joel. Yeah, what do you say? Do you say Billy Joel? What do you say? I say, I say Billy Joel. So, so do Billy, yeah, Joel. Joel. Billy Joel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Kev, Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Joel. Yeah. Oh, it must be a Dublin thing. It must be a Dublin thing. Yeah, I, I, I say Billy Joel. <laughs> do you lads need the sax? Because the Joel's on the nice road. Yeah, yeah exactly. Don't go to Joel's. Do you, do you guys need a, a, a sax? Says um, Richard. Yeah, you're more than welcome. I'm sure he'll let you in my sax. Um, yeah, if you can play it, yeah, we are ahead of us. <laughs> that sounds like Chernobyl in a pub, lads, says Laszlo. <laughs> Mate, may, you missed it. Uh, girls just want to have fun on the Tim Whistle, Keith. I reckon you could get there. Um, Give her a go. Laszlo, it was a bleeding great builder, I have to say. And the Guinness was outrageously good, but although Keith hates it now. So, yeah. that is it. Sorry for keeping you another eight minutes that we've wasted another eight minutes of your life that you can never get back. But listen, definitely laughter from the 80s to now is completely and utterly different. And um, when me and Keith get to um, our 
troubled second album should we learn voices all apart <laughs> yeah. Alan says Gav remember about two years ago trying to set up a trippers band when you started playing the banjo yeah and then Covid hit and it all went mad we should, that's yeah. what we should do Keith that's yeah. what we should do that should be a that's when I bought the tin whistle that's when I bought and learned the tin whistle self-taught yeah. Yeah. self-made tin whistle uh, aficionado now yeah could we could we do a live podcast mixed with like concert see it's hard like it's late you know what I mean I remember playing the, the team whistle on the pod. What do you mean it's What do you mean? I know it's... What, like, on one of these? No. I, I remember playing the no, team whistle no, no, on the pod no. and your missus run the muck. She's no, like, no, you, in you, bed, get off No, no, whistle. you're missing the point completely. We'll go and we'll book a really small venue where oh, we could literally yeah. get on the road. 40 like people in, in the room. Right? Six of each can pretend that they play an instrument. Yeah? And we'll just do a podcast and in between it, and we won't do a live, we won't put out, no one's allowed to take out their phones, no one's allowed to do anything like that. And we just sit there talking about football and then we go, right, that's enough about the relegation dog fight. Keith, girls just want to have do the East Enders team on the, yeah, on yeah, the team yeah. now. Yeah, and we just have hours of fun. Very cute. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Um, we could Sounds good, yeah, we could do that, yeah. yeah. All right, leave it with us. Um, Don't say anything, because others will rob these ideas, Gav. We have to be bleeding, keeping these these good ideas to ourselves. I can't see any other podcast are, um, out there saying, do you know what I think we should do? Get 30 people in a room, <laughs> six of which can play an instrument badly. Talk about football, but every seven to eight minutes, we bang out, girls just want to have fun on a team whistle. I can't see it happening, Keith. <laughs> but well, if anyone off. ever dares to even try it, we have the copyright on it, and I'm sure someone yeah. in the chat will time log um, this whole uh, conversation. I start learning the guitar for that band, so it'd be such a shame <coughs> to put all my talent to waste, as Alan. We won't. Uh, can I? Can I play the spoon? Says Tom. I don't know. Can you? Yeah. We don't know if you can play the spoons. <laughs> we don't know you, but um, I presume that means do you want to come and play? Yeah, if you can play the spoons, bring them. There, that's a handy one in it. Two spoons in your back pocket. Yeah, but we'll have to get songs that suit the spoons. Do you know what I mean? Like, the spoons are we get that one. You can do a bit of spoon work on that one. You yeah. can do the band. Yeah, I'm not starting playing the tin whistle. I'll be yeah. fucking sleeping on the sofa. Oh, okay, because uh, Brian the Cheese wanted to know could you close the show with the tin whistle? <laughs> no, well, close the show with the tin whistle getting wrapped around your head if she comes out. <laughs> <Yeah. here's laughs> okay, right, we'll leave it with us. Um, I'll learn a bit more of the banjo. Keith is an expert on the tin whistle, but he has to find a few more songs. And at some stage, what we'll do is we'll pick. We should do it. Pick a pub, yeah. get a load of wear boys together, a load of listeners, a few people, bring an instrument if you can play it, and we literally drink points, have a sing song, and if you're shy, it doesn't matter because we'll all just sing anyway, and we talk about yeah. footballing, and it will not be recorded, and nobody's allowed to take out their phones. Is that <laughs> all right? Sounds good. We like it. Good stuff. Right, sorry, that's another fucking four minutes we've taken in your life. We're definitely going now. <laughs> Um, we are one hour and 43 minutes in that has been the Fatback 4 thanks a million for watching loads of content coming during the week if you have any comments whatsoever good, bad or different throw them in the comments after the show we're big boys we can take it Liverpool are winning the quadruple strap yourselves in over and now as we gather in Sports Social Podcast Network